Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, you have made it to hour number two of the Outdoor Show. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to chat with Captain Mike Gallo. Uh, He's in that area that has been affected with the algal blooms. We'll get his update on what's happening in the Slidell, Lake Pontchartrain, North Shore area. Also, Brendan Bayard's got a paddler's report for you with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. And we'll be talking to either Ryan Lambert or Captain Todd Seether with Cajun Fishing Adventures down near the tip of the boot on Plaquemines Parish and find out what's happening down there. I did want to get to some of our text messages that are coming in. Uh, I had a question. Are oyster beds shut down east of the Mississippi River? Well, they are not shut down as would happen with contaminated water or toxins where they would be a health problem to consume them. Uh, but the oyster mortality is just about 100 percent. They just can't survive in fresh water. It takes a balance of, of salt and fresh, which is a brackish mix. And without that, the oysters die. So for all intents and purposes, there's not going to be any oysters coming out of the east of the Mississippi River area. Uh, we got another one. Justin, the duck guy, he has a question. Don, how come Martha gets to go have fun on most Saturdays? You know, I'm trying to figure that out myself, Justin. And he says, I just pulled into work wishing I was pulling up to the boat. Well, me and you have a lot in common then, Justin. All right, here's one that says, uh, oh, this is Toby. He and his uh, sidekick, young Peyton, they're doing scouting on the Pearl River today for that Liars and Lunkers tournament that's taking place tomorrow. He's got a message for all you boys fishing tomorrow. He's coming for you. (laughs) There's the challenge. All right, uh, Captain Ronnie Adams, elite airboat hunting. They're going out to bust some pigs. That's what his deal is. That's what he does. And uh, here's uh, good morning. This is the other Martha Spencer's Uncle Dan. Just wondering, do these illegal activities taking red snapper count against the overall limit? Absolutely, they do. Now, the question I have is, do they count against the recreational quota or the commercial quota? Because they're two separate ones. Hmm. I'm going to present that question to Wildlife and Fisheries and figure that one out. Maybe they split it equally. I don't know. Uh, his one says, are oysters affected by the algae bloom? Well, I, I just kind of covered that. Uh, they are, in fact, and, you know, the river water gets them before the algae even blooms. They're the first to go. They can't move. they got to sit there and take it, and unfortunately, it's not good for the oysters in those areas covered with river water. Uh, here's, um, let's see, this is John from Mobile. He said he just got off work. He's picking up the family, headed to Orange Beach, and hoping to catch some reds. Well, good luck to you. And let me tell you, there's a big event coming to Orange Beach. Well, we talked to Jim Cox last week. And if you're going to be around that area, you might want to take in what they call the greatest show in sport fishing. It's the Blue Marlin Grand Championship of the Gulf. Kicks off on July 9th through the 14th. So that's coming up in a couple of weekends. Uh, Orange Beach, Alabama at the wharf. It is quite an event if you have never seen it. All right, uh, let's see. We've also got uh, an update from the shell beat conditions. No bugs. Uh, no, because I guess the breeze is blowing. Yeah, that's it. Not terribly strong, but gusty. i got a few boats running on the Mr. Go. And here's one that says, uh, the damages to seafood and water quality from the influx of fresh water from the spillway are an example of what the diversions will produce. 
What is your thoughts? No doubt about it. Freshwater amounts in what we have seen changes the habitat, changes the environment, comes along with the territory. Uh, here's a question, Don. Is uh, Bayou Lacombe affected by the bloom? Uh, I wouldn't think that the bloom actually gets up into the bayou. The bayou is normally freshwater. That lower end, though, yeah, I'm sure it is going to affect it there. And, uh, you know, if you want, call Bayou Adventures. You know, they're right there. They keep tabs. They're located on Bayou Lacombe. But I would think that the freshwater fishing in Bayou Lacombe is pretty much unaffected. But when you get down to where it empties into Lake Pontchartrain, different story. All right, for our Alabama listeners, get ready. you got regulations changing in about a month. August 1st, the length and bag limits for trout, speckled trout, and flounder are going to change. Uh, this is in reaction to a, a, an overfishing situation. And the flounder limit is going to be increased to 14 inches, and the bag limit reduced, 5 per person. So it's going to be 5 per person, and they have to be a minimum of 14 inches. On the speckled trout side, uh, they're going to go to a slot limit. You are allowed to keep trout that are between 15 and 22 you can keep one over that 22 inches of your six fish. It's going to be reduced, six speckled trout per person per day, one over 22, and the rest have to be at least 15 to 22 inches. That takes effect on August 1st. All right, coming back after this, let's catch up with Captain Mike Gallo, find out what's a guy to do when he's got river water surrounding him pretty much on all of his sides. We'll find out right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And each week we get a report from Captain Mike Gallo. That report is brought to you by CETO. They give you the fuel drops whenever and wherever you happen to need it. They'll tow you in 24-7, jumpstart you for electrical problems. And what you're getting for 179 bucks for a whole year is peace of mind, knowing that they're just a phone call away. You can become a member. In fact, I strongly suggest you do. Call Captain Chris. That's one way to do it, 504-301-4545. Or sign up online. Go to CETO.com. Captain Mike, uh, woe is me, huh? What's going on over there? you got a lot of river water and algal blooms. It's all around you. You still fishing or what? I am still fishing, Don. I tell you, after listening to Robbie Campbell, I was ready to turn the boat around. It doesn't sound very good at all. <laughs> but i got to no. tell you that this northeast wind we've had over the last couple of days have pushed a lot of that algae in his direction. I'm dealing with fairly clean water over on the western shoreline of Lake Bourne, anywhere from Polecat Bend all the way down towards uh, Bayou B Avenue. Now, there's pockets where the algae's thicker than in other areas, but I'm, I'm cruising the shoreline and looking for the biggest concentration of mullet that I can find. And then I give it 15 or 20 minutes, see if I catch a fish. Obviously, if I catch a fish, I stay. If I don't, I pick up and move and look for more um, concentrations of mullet. Uh, And that's been my pattern. And the trips that I've made this week have all been successful. Uh, Thursday, I had my limit by 930. So they're out there. It's a matter of hunting and pecking and, and burning some fuel to look for them. Well, what people need to understand about algae blooms, algae does not kill fish. Uh, Fresh water is going to displace speckled trout. Not so much with redfish and sheep's head. They do not require that to spawn. 
They, trout need a certain salinity level to spawn, so they got to follow the gradient. Redfish and sheephead do not. Uh, they can thrive in it. Now, when it gets bad is when the oxygen becomes depleted, and that hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it will. But then again, it, as the water moves around, there's going to be areas where even if it's got algae in it, it could have oxygen, and it could have mullet and bait, and fish could feed in it. So I'm thinking redfish and sheephead, that, that fishing is probably going to continue. And I don't see anything wrong with eating those fish unless Department of Health or Wildlife and Fisheries or one of these agencies find some with some type of a toxin in the meat. Uh, simply having uh, algae, uh, you know, which is nothing but plants, microscopic plants, is not going to be harmful to the fish's flesh. Right. From, from doing my research, the algae in the water makes the water have a green tint to it, but it looks like it gets thick. And the best description I can come up with is it looks like it coagulates on the surface. And that's when it stops the, the oxygen in the air from getting into the water. And it also stops the sunlight from penetrating and supporting plant life below the water. And that's when it really gets bad. So as long as we have moving water and some wind to move it around and keep it from coagulating, I think we'll be okay. It's just a matter of finding those, those good areas and working on them. And like I say, I just gave us, I guess, a 30-mile area from Polecat Bend all the way down. I guess that's more like 20 miles, all the way down towards Bayou B Avenue that's got some pretty decent water in it. And like you said, um, when it's depleted of oxygen is when it will be a problem for the fish. And I think that's the key. When I find these concentrations of mullet, they're, they're obviously a fish that requires oxygen. So we know at least from seeing the mullet in the water that there's good water there and obviously predators love to eat mullet that's what's that's what i'm keying on at this time and we're catching them with either spinners or spoons or even shrimp under a cork and you haven't seen any compromised sick or dying fish what you've caught has been healthy fish that are feeding and, and biting obviously right right I, I think some of them look skinny, but, you know, some redfish are nice and have, you know, tournament-quality fish, the ones that have real thick shoulders. So it doesn't seem to be any different than a normal year other than we're moving around quite a bit to find the good water, and there's less pressure. I don't see near as many boats on the water. I guess they're going to uh, the west side of the river where they're not having the issues. Yeah. Mike, have you crossed Lake Bourne and gotten into those northern reaches of the Biloxi Marsh back up into the little duck ponds? What does the water look like in there? I had a boat out yesterday that went through all those areas. Now, we had a hard day, but he said the water was nice in a lot of those areas that we normally fish, Bob's Lake, uh, the Fingers area that I like to fish, Bayou Biloxi itself. He had some wind early in the morning, that's why he went into the marsh. And then later in the morning, when the wind dropped down, he jumped out into the lake and fished the shoreline. Um, he put in a long day to catch seven redfish. He had two people. And I knew it would be tough for him when he when he sent me a text message. He had four, and the tide was about to peak out at 12. So I knew he didn't have much moving water. The, the thing to do is to try to catch him as early as you can this time of year because the water is going to get warm, and that'll certainly slow them down in the middle of the day. Got it. 
All right, Mike, thanks for the report. Uh, you know, let people know how to get a hold of you because the fish is still there. If they're interested in redfish and drum and sheep's head and some of those bottom feeders, uh, they're not nearly as affected as badly by the, the bad river water. So tell them how to get you. Very simple. You can find me on dimetheoutdoorsguide.com. You can go to my newly designed website at aaofla.com, or you can call us on the telephone, 985 985- All right, Michael, thank you so much for the report. As always, hang in there. Keep on fishing, my friend. We'll see you next week. All right, Don, we'll talk to you then. Boy, don't you love those calls on the water, huh? You feel like you're rocking and rolling on the boat. All right, after this, we're not going to rock and roll so much because uh, Brendan Bayard, he paddles for his fish, or pedals, and he kind of slips through the bayous. All right, back with his report. If you want to pull out the kayak, the canoe, or the piro and get out after those fish close and personal, we got a paddler's report for you. Up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Saturday mornings, uh, stroking and paddling and pedaling all along the Gulf Coast. And uh, we have a report for you brought in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. They're located in Mid-City, New Orleans. They're in Covington. They're in Baton Rouge, and they offer the best fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. You can visit their website at MasseyOutfitters.com or check them out on Facebook. Brendan Bayard reports for us, and uh, Brendan... Oh, it's been hot, my friend, but you got a key to, to deal with it. Tell people what time you start out to fish. Yeah, this time of the year, Don, I uh, I just soon start in the middle of the night. I, I usually, if you got to wake up early, I figure, you know, I'm coming from Baton Rouge. I'm usually waking up at 2 or so. So uh, instead of doing that, you know, I'll just drive down the night before, get a, a couple of hours of shut-eye, and then I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and I'll start fishing in that dark time where the sun's not out yet and i'll I'll kind of plan my trips from you know three hours before the sun gets up and then three hours after the sun goes down and then find some place to either take a nap and do it again in the evening or or head home when it's really hot it's just no fun to be out there in a kayak when uh you can't really uh get some air moving you know like a boat uh when uh it's 100 degrees outside so i try to try to limit the areas that uh i get into the open sun if i'm fishing in the middle of the day i might go find a bridge or something like that you know just kind of plan it a little bit better maybe get one of those big straw hats if i have to be out there for a tournament it's hot <laughs> yeah some places they call that a siesta which you do <laughs> it's not a bad idea and uh yeah you can usually pick up some of those speckled trout underneath the lights and stuff like that but i had a lot of uh ruckus over in Florida. i say ruckus some really good fishing action i had a bunch of pictures sent and i know the, the bayou coast kayak club members had been posting some offshore kayak fishing pictures up there yeah we've uh had a lot of members that have been you know taking this time to go over there and enjoy the kind of boom season that they have right now uh this time of year on the coast uh the tarpon are really coming in really good i mean you can if you're in one of those high-rise condos and you have a good pair of binoculars you can almost see the school working itself down the beach uh what kayakers will do is they'll they'll basically paddle until they find the tarpon and they'll try to get in front of them and position a bait until that school moves through um you know, you'll have a, a group of, you know, maybe 20 or 50 fish working the working the beach in a pod. And then if you can paddle really fast, 
they don't move super fast down the beach and you can get a bait in front of them on a balloon or a, or a live free, free swimming, uh, live bait. Uh, you can usually hook up with those. Uh, people have really been enjoying that. And then if you can't find the tarpon, you can always go out and uh, troll. Uh, I had a buddy that was snapper fishing. In fact, uh, last week that was fishing live bait, uh, down 50 feet for snapper. And on when he was sending his live bait down a sailfish, hooked up on it so he got to fight that for a few minutes get some tail walks before it broke off because he had a big weight on on that uh that setup but uh pretty interesting uh to to never know what you're going to hook up to out there this time of year yeah that's some exciting fishing uh you know i I was talking to captain kirk out there at uh, hackberry rod and gun and he's talking about a lot of small trout they had some pretty good action over there he said part of it they got a lot of fresh water they're still dealing with over there too uh if you know when someone wants to you know we're having problems in in a lot of areas with that river water and a guy with a kayak it's easy enough to throw that thing in the back of the truck and drive to a different location for somebody that wanted to go fish out in big lake Maybe not too familiar with it. What's a good put-in point there? Do they have any particular marinas that you would suggest that maybe cater to kayakers where they've got, you know, separate launches for them, and they have easy, close access within paddling distance to get to the fish? Um, Fred's Bar and Grill, or I guess not Bar and Grill, but uh, Fred's uh, Biker Bar is uh, right there by the uh, Intercoastal Bridge on the east side, and they have kind of a little launch uh, that the kayakers use, and that puts them puts you right into the top of the lake by Turner's Bay. Really good redfish spot that you cross through before you get into Big Lake itself. It's a, a marshy area. That would be one of the places where I consider really just a, a kayak launch. There's not really a lot of boats that go out that way, and it's uh, really kind of for kayaks. And then on the west side, you have uh, you know the uh, Hog Island Gully launch and the uh, West Cove launch that both duck uh, – you know, tump into uh, West Cove. One of them uh, puts in right by the ship channel on the north, northeast side of West Cove, and the one of them puts in on the far west side of West Cove. And you know, with the river water uh, coming down the ship channel right now, you might want to tuck into that western uh, side, which uh, you'll get to if you you follow the road all the way, uh, like you're coming from Sulphur down to Holly Beach. And uh, take that last one. It's about a mile and a half paddle to get to the lake. Uh, but then there's also all kinds of great uh, deep marsh spots along the way. You can actually uh, take an immediate right when you get into that Hog Island Gully launch and head south towards Mud Lake and uh, do really well in that marsh right there. I've even had people catch really nice big speckled trout in that marsh over there. So whenever the river gets a, a lot fresh, pressure from that uh, intrusion of that that fresh water you know those fish uh, not all of them leave and some of them they might go up into some of these deeper marsh pockets uh, and you might find them back in back in there uh, you know when you're fishing for redfish and flounder that's some good uh, speckled trout options for paddlers that you know have their areas compromised in the east and they definitely want speckled trout that's a good suggestion i'll tell you what that that fred bar that sounds like my kind of place. I'm definitely putting that on my bucket list, man. I got to make a stop. Yeah, it's a pretty nice place. Uh, it's, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, right when you cross over uh, the parish line. And uh, there's a lot of times I've uh, I've had that, that bridge closed right. They have a, a drawbridge right there, so it closes, and you're like, eh, I'm just going to pull in here and uh, go grab a burger or something. Um, 
the, uh, the Grand Isle area has been really hot. Uh, I'm sure people have probably know yeah. that by now, but uh, if a lot of kayakers are just going down there, the uh, the Danny and Kristen Ray launch in the back of the island uh, puts you right there next to Dutch Island. That whole island's full of trout. The whole backside's full of trout. The beach is full of trout. Uh, you can go in the passes. Uh, just watch out for the boaters. Uh, Elmer's Island, uh, uh, over there, over at um, Bell Pass, if you want a little further adventure, uh, put in the, underneath the old bridge that used to go to Elmer's Island uh, or the public launch at, at Fushan and, and paddle there. It's about a you know 45-minute uh, paddle to get out there towards Bell Pass. That's a little bit, uh, you know, you're dealing with some bigger boats. I'd, I'd definitely be a more experienced person if you're going that way. Um, and then you can paddle along the beach from Elmer's all the way to Bell Pass if you really want a long-distance uh, beach paddle strip. Um, both are, are producing lots of trout. Um, and then even over in uh, Point of Shin and uh, Cocodri, the guys that are paddling from those marinas and paddling out uh, towards the Gulf are having a lot of success on those broken islands, catching some nice trout and reds uh, mixed in. All right, you're giving us a lot of options. Uh, the club has no uh, events until, well, it's not really the clubs, but the IFA Redfish is uh, coming to uh, Lafitte, and that'll be end of next month, end of July. Yeah, and that's going to be on the 28th. Uh, that's going to be the, the end of the uh, regular season before the championship comes back in September for Louisiana. So a lot of guys are going to uh, fish those and uh, get ready for the championship because it's always a fun time catching uh all the big bulls that usually pile up in the summer tournament. Uh, it's pretty much uh, one of those tournaments where everybody knows what you have to do to win, and you just got to get lucky. So it makes for a fun tournament. All right. Very good. Thanks for the report, Brendan. Uh, and I hope you get some sleep during your siesta today, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have a bunch of kids. <laughs> I'll be doing the so, same uh, thing. For... See you next time. Yeah. All right. Take care. That doesn't mean sleep. See you next time. Brendan Bayard, one of our field reporters. Coming back after this, it's bad boy time. This time, a captain of a uh, cargo ship caught with a hull full of spe- uh, red snapper, and they weren't quite legal. We'll tell you that story coming back right after this time. Out. All right, we're heading into a 4th of July weekend. Boy, it falls nice on a Thursday. If you can get off Thursday and then a Friday, it just parlays right on into a long weekend for the holidays. And if you're looking for something to do with regard to fishing, the Golden Meadow Fushan Tarpon Rodeo has gone on. It'll kick off on uh, Thursday, July 4th. That's when the fishing begins. All day Friday, the scales will be open at 1 p.m., and then on Saturday, the scales will open again at 1. They've got the tent down there. It's all air-conditioned, which is pretty unique. Got ball shrimp dinners, kids' activities, raffle drawing, door prizes. Uh, it's going to be a great time down there. And, again, that's going to be at uh, Fushan. And if you want more information, just uh, just Google it, the Golden Meadow Fushan Tarpon Rodeo. Got all kind of categories, and you can find tickets just about anywhere down uh, in Lafouche Parish and Jefferson Parish down near Grand Isle, Golden Meadow, La Rose, Homa, all those areas there. All right, right after this station identification pause, we're going to tell you about a Filipino boat captain busted with a whole bunch of red snapper. That story's next on our bad boys after we let our local stations identify themselves along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 
Well, Thursday a week ago, June 20th to be exact, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents acting on another one of those anonymous tips from custom. Well, it wasn't anonymous. It came from customers and border protection agriculture specialists. They said that an ocean-going cargo ship was docked at the port of South Louisiana in reserve with possible legal illegal fish on board. Upon boarding and inspecting the cargo ship, the agents found 143 red snapper in the ship's freezer, refrigerators, and galley. After further inspection, the agents determined that 90 of those snapper were also undersized. The agents interviewed the ship's captain, Alberto DeFeo, who told them the fish were caught while the ship was anchored six miles out of Southwest Pass in the Gulf of Mexico. The agents explained to DeFeo that there is a daily limit of two snapper per licensed fisherman, and there is a 16-inch minimum size, and that licenses which he didn't possess were necessary. He agreed to take the citations for all the charges. So, if convicted for possessing undersized and over-the-limit red snapper, fishing without non-resident basic and saltwater fishing license, facing maximum criminal fines of $1,400 in addition to possible civil restitution fines, which on 143 snapper could run pretty high, and also looking at up to 20 days, or actually 60 days in jail, is 47-year-old ship captain Alberto Abad de Feo, Jr., of the Philippines, our bad boy of the outdoors. Now, I don't know what the poundage uh, conversion is on those 143 snapper, but as one of our listeners brought up on the text messages, you know, which count do they come off of? Do they come off of the recreational harvest quota or the commercial harvest quota? Good question. What do you think? Where should it come? Or should they maybe split the difference, figuring they took, you know, the, the percentage that the commercial gets, use that percentage for their number, and maybe use the other percentage for the recreational. I don't know. I'll have to check with Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Accounting Division, I guess, would handle that. All right, no shortage of bad boys ever. We always got them. And we'll be back right after this to get a fishing report from Plaquemines Parish on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we found the plastic man. Let's see what he's up to this Saturday morning. Captain Ryan Lambert joins us now, Cajun Fishing Adventures. Ryan, are you adventuring a little bit away from the Cajun Fishing Adventures Lodge? <laughs> Yeah, I'm all the way down at the mouth of the river. I'm way down. I'm talking to you on Wi-Fi. I'm so far down. <laughs> <laughs> what so, you doing down there? Uh, Ed called me last night. Said, "Come on, take a ride." So here I am. Ed Sexton and I are down here. We're gonna go catch some snapper. Oh, well, I know where y'all trout. going. Yep. Then we're gonna catch some Tell trout. Tell him to make sure he takes you to. To where? Go ahead. No, I want you to say to tell him to take you to Helicopter Bay. <laughs> yeah, I know where that's at. <laughs> yeah, then, and when the tide starts falling, we might go catch us a few redfish, and then I'll go back home and go back to work. <laughs> yeah, right. It's beautiful yeah, down here right work. now, though. Uh-huh. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice and calm here right now. We ought to have a good day. I think it's going to blow up after a while, though. I think they got some thunderstorms coming our way as soon as it. As soon as it gets hot, they'll start blowing up. Yep, that's typical for this time of year. So what did uh, the boys do that throw shrimp at fish? What happened to them this week? Oh, gosh, getting after them this week, it was on fire. That, that south wind blew the same way for five days. 
I, Todd had one, was it Joe had one little boy on the boat. He had caught five fish on five casts with a jig head, not even a dead gum shrimp or nothing. And uh, I took uh, I took a couple of groups out, and we had them on four at a time, fishing plastic. Uh, my trout trick finally come off my crappie rod. I picked up the chatterbait, threw it out there, it didn't even hit the bottom. I mean, they were like piranhas this week. I mean, it's when, when the wind blows a certain way in, in, for a, a few days, around the corner from that, it gets crystal clear, and the fish and the bait just run up in there. And I'm sitting, I was right at the river. I was a 10-minute boat ride. I mean, it was right there. And it, the fish just moved in there, and they were like that all week. And then we got this north wind and blew them out. I mean, that's how easy it is. You just have to get, you know, manipulate that river water and use it to your advantage. Have you seen any of the blooms down in your area? No, no. Um, you know, all all my water is filtered through marsh, and the nitrates really get knocked out of it, so you don't get as much algae bloom right now. Now, August, you know when we see it during the tide, when the, when the days when the tide flip-flops, when the neap tide it stops flowing, then you'll get it. And that's when you get your jubilees and stuff like that where it starts hurting the fish. But uh, as long as the water's moving, you don't get too much of it. But uh, anytime it stagnates a little bit, you're going to get that algae bloom. I mean, we deal with it every year, not just, you know, not just because the Bonacare is open. We get it every year because, I mean, Bonacare is only flowing 140,000. I got 450,000 cubic feet per second coming down here. So we're going to get an algae bloom usually during, during the slack tides, July and August is when it's the worst. And after that, you know, it goes away and we just go right back to fishing. So. You just have to watch the wind and, and go around the point where it's not. That's all. You know, it's a funny thing. You think the water's green and beautiful. The way you tell is to put your bait in the water and see how far down. Because if you hit but four or five inches, you need to go somewhere else. Because you'll think it's a lot of bait, mullet everywhere, eating that algae. But but that's the water's not good for sport fish. You know, the mullet can get on top there and eat that. But you just have to move to a different spot. <clears throat> Anything else you need to throw at us? No, I'm, I'm chunking at you right now. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a good week. Well, I don't want to hold you. Well, hopefully, be, be careful with those pop-up storms. You know they're coming up there a little bit later on this afternoon. The heat of the day kind of builds them up, and everybody yeah. needs to be careful out there because it can kind of, you know, sneak up on you. they got a way of doing that. I don't know where this north wind came yeah, from, yeah. but, you know, it's helping a few areas. Yeah, well, you know how mad Ed is at the fish. He'll get there before daylight, run all the way down <laughs> here. He'll bring live bait, and uh, you know, he a, a front a storm might not drag him in, but I will. Uh, we're not gonna stay in the lightning. I yeah, promise well, you that. Well, you know, I think a speckled trout bit him as a child, and you got bit by a duck as a child. And, you know, we see the results of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I talked to Todd a minute ago. He's catching fish already, so. He's well on his way to getting a limit, so it looks like it'll be a good day, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for the report, Captain Ryan. We'll see you next time, buddy. All right. Okay, see you. All right. You can check him out at CajunFishingAdventures.com, or you can call him 504-559-5111. All right, what do we still have to do before we go off? Okay, we've got to tell you about the invasive Asian swamp eels that are showing up in New Orleans. But everything comes to Louisiana and never leaves. Also, town hall meetings for Flyway Federation. Find one in your area and tell you a little more about Bayou Wild TV. All coming up right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 
All right, taking a look at our message board. Uh, I got this one in from our longtime listener, Jim in Lakeview. He said, Don, perhaps we should take a moment, say a prayer for all those who work hard each day to put those crabs, shrimp, oysters, and fish on our platters. God bless them and their families. That's from Jim. That's a great thought, Jim. And, yes, they're going through some tough times right now, and they work very hard to provide uh, something that we all love very much, not just here in Louisiana, but the whole country. All right, looking at our uh, Flyway Federation town hall meetings, this organization is putting together some town hall meetings where they're going to do some presentations of the facts, uh, talk about some of the issues that are faced by the state of Louisiana, not just this state, but the entire Flyway with regard to the migration patterns of waterfowl. Uh, first meeting I've got information on is going to be the northeast part of the state, 6.30, July 11th. That's going to be in Monroe. Southwest uh, town hall meeting will be at Preen Lake Park. That's in the Calcasieu Room, 6.30, July 18th. Uh, July 25th, Acadiana has their meeting at the Vermilionville Performance Center. That's in Lafayette. And the North Shore has theirs at uh, 6.30, August the 1st at the Rufus Viner Memorial Center in Slidell. Uh, there are more to come. They've uh, got Homa and also Alexandria and some of the other areas will be passing along to you. But go to their website and you can check it out or their Facebook page, really. Just uh, put Flyway Federation in. You can get all the information on their town hall meetings. And we'll be talking to them uh, in the coming months and getting a lot more information about what that organization is doing. All right, we also have this announcement came out this week, an invasive Asian swamp eel has been found in Bayou St. John in New Orleans. Um, it's an invasive species, comes from Asia. That's where it's native. They don't know how they got in there, but there's been several of them that have been pulled out of there. They don't know how extensive it is and really don't have a lot of research on how much damage they can do. But possessing uh, live Asian swamp eels is prohibited under state law, and it's illegal to release them into the waterways. Uh, they're doing an investigation to try to find out how these eels got into Bayou St. John. Uh, we're not the first state to have them found. There's been others. Uh, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is asking your help to determine the range of these species by uh, placing any of them uh, that you might come across, put them in a plastic bag, put them in the freezer, and then contact the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and they will pick them up. If you go to my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, look on the radio photo and click on there. got some good illustrations so you can tell the difference between this invasive eel and some of the native eels to Louisiana. Basically, it has no fins exposed on it, and that's one way to tell. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Say goodbye to our affiliate stations. Welcome those of you in who will be tuned in to more outdoors. You can listen to that on my website. It says click to listen live, and you'll be hearing Talking Guns and the North Shore Fishing Report. And we'll see you next week. Have a great Fourth of July weekend from the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.